in the decade of the 1930s, even the great city of Metropolis was not spared the ravages of the worldwide depression. In the times of fear and confusion, the job of informing the public was the responsibility of the Daily Planet, a great metropolitan newspaper whose reputation for clarity and truth had become a symbol of hope for the city of Metropolis. I'm Stuart Moraine, and I'm a Superman fan, which is lucky, as for this year's summer specials, we're taking a look at the cinematic adventures of the Man of Tomorrow, from 1978's Superman the Movie to 2013's Man of Steel, with a stop-off with 1993's Lois and Clark Pilot along the way too. There are some super anniversaries to celebrate this year, with Superman himself turning 85, Superman the Movie celebrating its 45th anniversary, Superman 3 its 40th, the Lois and Clark Pilot's 30th anniversary, and Man of Steel hitting its 10th anniversary too. So 2023 seemed like the right year to welcome you to our Summer of Superman specials. Whether you're a regular listener or just dropping by for these special episodes, welcome to the show and thank you for giving us a listen. I hope you enjoyed the film talk and, as always, and if you feel like doing so, you can keep the conversation going in the comments on our socials, in the Am Why Not group on Facebook, or wherever you see this episode posted. For this episode, I'm joined by fellow superfans Damien Edwardson and Dennis Whittle, who I've talked Superman comments with over on the Old Men That podcast before, as we kick off by celebrating 45 years of Richard Donner's Christopher Reeve starring epic Superman the Movie. And now, with an advance warning on spoilers and all that introduction stuff out of the way, let's roll the trailer. Kalel, you do not remember me. I am Jorel. I'm your father. Even though you've been raised as a human being, you are not one of them. You have great powers, only some of which you have discovered. man gets older and he thinks very differently and things get very clear. And there's one thing I do know, son, and that is you are here for a reason. Easy, miss. I've got you. You, you've got me? Who's got you? We're sitting on top of the story of the century here. Who are you? friend you are revealed to the world but you still must keep your secret identity why your enemies will discover their only way to hurt you 
by hurting the people you care for. I don't know who you are. Just a friend from another star. Is that how a warped brain like yours gets its kicks? By planning the death of innocent people? No, by causing the death of innocent people. Dyer. Mind over muscle. They can be a great people, Khalil. They wish to be. They only lack the light to show the way. For this reason, above all, I have sent to you, my only son. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Hello. How is it going? It's going good, actually. Where it is for me? Because um, I'm back on your brilliant show, so I'm happy. I am apps. I am an absolute delight. So marvelous. That's what we. That's what we've come here for. Um, well, that and to talk Superman the movie. So yeah, a little bit of information about the film. Uh, directed by Richard Donner, written by Mario Puzo, David Newman, Leslie Newman, and Robert Benton. From a story by Mario Puzo, with creative con- uh, consultant was Tom Mankiewicz. Uh, Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, and starring Marlon Brando, Gene Hackman, Christopher Reeve, Ned Beatty, Jackie Cooper, Glenn Ford, Trevor Howard, uh, Margot Kidder, Valu Perrine, uh, Maria Schell. Terence Stamp, Phyllis Thaxter, and Susanna York. Released in cinemas on the 15th of December 1978 in the US and the 14th of December 1978 in the UK. So we got it a day early, which is rare for the 70s. Usually we'd have to wait mm. like six months to a year. Uh, grossed $300,478,464 worldwide on an estimated budget of $55 million. That's according to IMDb. And then a couple of reviews. Roger Ebert gave the film four stars out of four, saying, Superman is a pure delight. A wondrous combination of all the old-fashioned things we never really get, get tired of. Adventure and romance, heroes and villains, earth-shaking special effects, and you know what else? Wit. That surprised me more than anything, that this big-budget epic, which was half a decade making its way to the screen, would turn out an intelligent sense of humour about itself. The movie is, in fact, a triumph of imagination over both the difficulties of technology and the inhibitions of money. Superman wasn't easy to bring to the screen, but the filmmakers kept at it until they had it right. And then in the Films of the Year episode of Film 78, Barry Norman said, The first half of the film is rather serious and the second half excessively jokey. Indeed, the advent of Gene Hackman as the comic master criminal makes the whole thing reminiscent of Batman rather than Superman. And to its own cost, the film disobeys Sam Goldwyn's stern dictum, start with an earthquake and build up to a climax by ending anticlimactically with an earthquake and all manner of loose ends. But it's quite a lot of fun. The special effects, most of them made in Britain, are spectacular. And Christopher Reeve, who has the general build of a brick outhouse, is gratifyingly good, both as omnipotent Superman and a blundering Clark Kent. Um, so, yeah, Barry Norman was mostly positive on it as well. Um, yes, yeah, so, sort of kicking into it then, what are your memories of first seeing the film? Uh, Dan, do you want to go first? Yeah, I can't, I can't remember where I saw it. Um, and I've seen it on the big screen a couple of times. Um, but I can't, for the life of me, remember what, when I first saw it. But two movies, completely polar opposites, The Exorcist and this one, and Superman, had a massive impact on kind of me throughout the rest of my life, basically. Um, it's, 
it's, it's got everything. I it's it's brilliant. I watch it at least five, maybe six times a year. Um, depending, sometimes I'll watch certain aspects of it, but I just think it's brilliant. I remember, I remember just looking at like Christopher Reeve and like like awe, um, and all the stuff on Krypton, and it's just brilliant. And you know, I I still I still get a little lump in my throat when you know the Smallville bits, especially yeah. with the um, Park End. It's still it's still emotional. And the bit at the very beginning with Marlon Brando, yeah, you stupid boards. But he delivers the lines well, and it's fantastic. You know, it's it's the bit when the I've just watched it actually t- today when when the a thing goes through the window and it, and it smashes and you hear the da 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 from the minute it starts and the fact the song actually says Superman. Yeah. Um, love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Uh, Damien, what about yourself? So, I saw this in the cinema, and it must have been seventy nine because I remember going. It was a little cinema in Colwyn Bay. Remember my mum and dad dropping me and my brother and my sister off. And I was really young. It was one of the first films I saw, actually, um, in the cinema. And I was I was a huge, obviously a huge Superman and Batman fan and stuff. But Superman and, you know, was just, I was so excited. I used to cut the little things out of the newspaper, you know, the adverts and stuff like that. Um, and I can still remember... Both that and Superman 2, actually. I can remember the feeling when I came out of just, I couldn't quite believe what I'd seen. You know, and it, it's, it sounds daft now, because when you watch it, you know, some of the effects, a bit ropey, some of the, the green screens stuff's a bit ropey, but at the time, it was just like nothing else. It yeah. was just everything you wanted from a from a Superman film. And, I, you know, I take a bit of, a, bit of issue with some of the... the the critiques that that you you mentioned before, you know, I don't think really, maybe because I didn't go in with that that self important snobbery where, you know, I, I could pick holes in things. I, I still think it's a great film now, and I agree with Dan. I think it holds up. And I've said to you before, you know, Batman eighty nine is probably my favorite like superhero film, but Superman is probably my favorite like superhero film just from the the aspects of you know it's perfect yeah as a, as a comic book movie it's the perfect comic book film yeah i mean it's so well paced i for me mm. it would have been showing on itv probably the first time i saw it i remember more seeing superman 2 so i possibly saw superman 2 more at home than superman the movie but i do remember seeing superman the movie might have been on bbc one actually one christmas i remember being at my grandma's being on but yeah and I'll tell you, I remember it was an ITV because it was on the cover of the ITV uh, Christmas special. And they, yeah. had a, they had a great painting, like illustration of uh, Superman. And I was so excited it was going to be on TV, you know, because it was just so exciting. And, did um, we get the TV cut over here? Because obviously there's three cuts of this movie so far. There's the theatrical one, the special edition, and then there was the three-hour TV one, which I think was for ABC in America. I've never um, seen that. I've got it on Blu-ray and I've watched it once. Um, to be honest, it's all padding, to be fair. It doesn't really add anything to the film. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see as a curio. Um, the special edition is quite nice, but again, it sort of messes with the pacing a little bit. Again, it's nice to see the extra stuff, but um, but yeah. And then I think, yeah, last month, me and Andy went to watch it in the cinema for the first time because the only Superman film I'd seen in the cinema before that was Superman Returns and Man of Steel. 
Um, Superman Returns had the John Williams theme, so in the cinema that was chills. But actually seeing this film in the cinema with those opening credits, again, this film makes names appearing on a screen look exciting. Yeah, the music and the way they come over your head, and we we watched it. We watched it again last night um, in prep for this, and we were watching the the credits, and H went. These credits are going on for a while, aren't they? At the beginning, you know, like all the names coming up. It's like when you look at the names as well, it's like what a cast, what a lineup. Do you know what I mean? It's just boom. Sorry. It was just boom, 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 you know, big name, big name. And it was just just everything about it. <laughs> Trevor about Howard, it. he's in it for like two lines. <laughs> but yeah. you know, it's Trevor Howard. But Larry um, Hagman's in it, but he doesn't get credit. I know. It's um, well, I mean, Larry Lamb's in it. Okay. Um, and I noticed for the first time today, I spotted that um, Vincent Marcello's in it as well, who was Jimmy Olsen in the BBC Radio Superman stuff. Ah, uh, he's the copy boy that Jimmy tells the, that the chief wants a coffee. Ah, Which, yeah, because we can't have a Superman thing without me mentioning the BBC Radio ones. It's like I'm contractually Sorry. obliged. Um, but yeah, I mean. Andy hadn't seen it before until we watched it in the cinema and he came out and was like, that film is like perfectly paced. I was like, oh, it is. It's spot on. You've got three perfect chunks. None of them outstay yeah. their welcome. It, at no point do you feel like, all right, yeah, cool. Let's get to the Superman bit. Just wonderfully done. Um, it, it, it shows that um, Donna knew the character. I yeah. think, you know, the writers eventually got to the point because each bit, in, in, in its own thing could have been a movie on its own yeah like you were saying so you have you have the beginning middle and obviously the end but the, the bits in smallville to me that they don't do enough of that for me because that's that's the building blocks who superman is so having having him you know you know going to school and it's like not angst like you know other various moves but you know just like mm. let me do a touchdown let me you know go and do this and then the, the death of his father and then the moving on it's it all that arc is just so kind of like emotional like that all the way through it and and glenn just, ford's I, so I great as park Kent oh, as well mm. i I'd oh, kill really, for more time best. with him oh, i mean is there and is there ever brilliant. been a more heartbreaking oh no in a film yeah mm. and it, it it works because you know the, the last bit when he went you know when the at the funeral he goes all these powers and yeah. i couldn't even save him you know, it's, you know, heartbreaking when you think about it. Yeah. You know, he's get, he can do all this stuff, but he just can't. And I, I also like the kind of conversation they have walking up where he says, "You know, you're here for a reason." Mm. I don't know what that is, but but, but I know it's not to kick football. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. I have absolutely. I adore that the Smallville bits. Really, really do love and it. And the thing, the thing I love about those segments because there are three obviously distinct segments is that you know what how long is it before you even see the superman outfit is it like 40 45 minutes nearly an about hour 40 minutes yeah you know the first yeah. glimpse but, and then probably about 50 minutes to an hour before he actually does yeah. his first super save but the the three segments are so well designed visually so you've got the first one the, the krypton segment um you know where they're all in like high vis. <laughs> you know the brilliant. Those brilliant. outfits look great on screen. I saw one yeah. in a museum in uh, Milton Keynes, and it looks tattiest in person. Admittedly, it's like forty odd yeah. years old now as well. But on screen, the way it glows, I know I can't remember which filmmaker. I think it might have been Zack Snyder wanted to get away from the tin foil look. 
yeah but it's just so but they glow and and it acts as as such a a kind of juxtaposition to the the middle act which is you know the the smallville stuff which i'm a huge fan of um andrew wyeth who's for anyone doesn't know is an american kind of painter the the whole wyeth family of painters and uh his dad used to do covers for uh, kind of like the old um, Wild West books and stuff like that. And Andrew Wyeth was a, a, a landscape painter primarily and a portrait painter and uh, wonderful. And every scene, every kind of exterior scene within that whole segment looks like a Wyeth painting. It just yeah. looks framed the way you've got the, the house in the background. The bit where... Um, Clark tells his mother that he's, he needs to leave after the death of his dad. There's a famous painting called um, Christina's World, and it's it's a woman crawling through the grass towards a house in the distance. And she was a um, she was uh, I think she she had she'd lost the use of her legs in an accident. I think it was, and she used to go out for you know these these kind of can't say walks, but she'd go out, you yeah, know, no, she'd, know, she'd move around the farm and stuff. And there's a famous painting where she's like making her way back to the house. And it's just, if you have a look at that, that's that scene. And it's just so beautifully done. And I was sat watching it and I was thinking, God, it's just like, just like flicking through a, a Wyeth art book. It's just so brilliantly, brilliantly done and, and gives you that whole sense of, you know, that, that kind of, Kansas kind of um, landscape and stuff. It's just yeah. brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, um, they, you know they they shot a lot of the Smallville stuff as well with a bit of soft focus on them as well. So they they you know we not everything, but kind of the kind of bits where the family together or uh, and the farm is in mm. a little bit soft focus with it. So it gives it's it a little musical... house on the prairie kind of feel, hasn't it? I yeah, don't mean that yeah, in a dismissive a wind... way. <laughs> No, no, no. I, I, mm. I think I, I agree with you completely. I think it is. It's, um, I think it's like Wizard of Oz kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's know. that warm, wholesome Americana, isn't it? It's because yeah. when you get to Metropolis, you know, it's cold and it's brutal mm. and very and, certainly and, done. It doesn't. I'd love to know what Lois's oh, story brilliant. is when she's writing bloodletting, rapist, massacre. It's like what is and this she story? Can't spell. Yeah, I love that. I love she can't spell. But um, <laughs> um but no, I, 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 I wish. You see, for me, the 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 um the Superman that's on TV, Superman and Lois now. Yeah, that's that's quite. I, I like the Smallville stuff in that as well. Yeah, I think I'd we quite need to have, have a, a little... whole episode of just Smallville stuff, no Superman. Yeah, I'd be perfectly content. I, with I, that. I think in Smallville it was a little bit too kind of you know shouting at him all the time, and you shouldn't do this, and you shouldn't be doing that. Were you cultivating who he is? You know, you can read every Superman you know origin story, but. Smallville is is where he gets the building blocks to be Superman. Yeah, you know those sort of things. There, his friends, the fact he can't use his powers, his family, you know, um, Pete um, and everybody, and and Lana and all. You know, those that is the building blocks to who we get when he's thirty two or something, thirty one yeah. or something. Quickly, a good question to have asked. I mean, how did you come to this movie? Did you come to it as a Superman fan? Obviously, you were a young child at the. T- time seeing it at the cinema um damien but did you come to it with a knowledge of the superman comics or is this what started you on a path to the superman comics no i was i was a big superman fan at that point um usually i think it was through um 
some reprint stuff I'd seen. But I was a I was a Superman fan anyway. Um, yeah. I used to have this thing. I've tried looking for them, but I can't see them now. Even like on eBay and things. But uh, used to be able to get these big kind of hardboard characters that that you know the arms would move at the elbow yeah. and the knees would move. And you could think of them. And I had a Superman one that was like I remember it being folded up behind the TV because it was uh, it was quite big nowhere to put it. Um, but no, I was a huge Superman fan. I mean, I loved Superman as a kid. I was, I was a, it just, like I say, um, yeah, I started comic love quite early. I was, I was lucky like that. Yeah. So I wasn't, I didn't know probably as much as maybe I thought I did, but I knew that I knew what Superman was and what he stood for. And, you know, I was, I was a big fan. Yeah. What about you, Dan? The same, really. Um, and it's it's quite cute, really, because we're going through, uh, me and my dad the other day, we're going through quite a few photographs, and there's one of me in bed with, um, I must be about six. I've got Superman pyjamas on, Superman bed covers, and the wallpaper Superman, um, gold, um, Luis Garcia Lopez artwork, yeah. if you were. And on the floor, you can just see, I've got a stack of comics, but then I've got... Um, do you remember they called superhero man, um, annuals? They were, yeah. and they were like so, reprints with, with like um silver um silver lettering on it. Yeah. Um. So there's there's like a small stack of them, and they were given to me by the neighbour. Um. So that that was I've always loved Superman. Again, yeah, it's I not think, as you get older, I think you appreciate the, the kind of message a little bit more. I think I had um, the same yeah, duvet as you. That that Superman duvet. I think I had the, I remember having that. Yeah, yeah, and it's like wallpaper and everything. But no, I, I, I remember watching the the Hulk. Um, so I was always a, a superhero fan, and I remember getting um um I didn't know at the time, but Amigo, um, with magnetic arms and legs, Superman, right, right, um, and also a game. I think it might be similar to what you're saying, where they used to have the characters on card, and you could move them around, and they had like a board with like the city on from above and things and stuff. So wow. I had lots of little things like that. Um, yeah. I was very, I'm very, very lucky really. Cause my, my mom and dad were very kind of, you know, happy to kind of, for me to draw, write and do all that kind of yeah. stuff. And Superman yeah. kind of was in that, you know, my, my friends didn't, you yeah. know, it's got yeah. stuff no, like I, bikes. I, I got comics. I so. was the same. Yeah. My dad used to, I've talked about this before. I'm not, Stuart, my dad used to buy me comics and stuff, and yeah, you know, they come on with like the, the DC superheroes reprints, you know, the Kurt Swan stuff, yeah, and things like that. And then I used to just sit and draw it, trace it, draw it, yep. copy it, copy might, it, copy might, it. My middle know. brother, um, Phil, he, um, the reprints of all the you know, the magazine style DC reprints stuff, he used to mm. get me them because he had a paper round and he used, you know, he used to get me them as like, there you go, there's your treat kind of thing. So it's always it's always been there. Yeah. Um. So I I saw Superman. As you know, it it was the it was one of those moments where I'm reading comic of Superman and then all of a sudden he's there. He's a real person. Yeah. You know, he's he's flying around. He's saving people. It's it's just amazing. So yeah, I was a Superman fan. And yes. I think then to just answer that question a bit more is well, I think one of the appeals of Superman for me as a little kid was I, I was obsessed with anything American. I just thought anything American was like, it was like, because it was like an alien world. Yeah, it was like a different planet, you know, wasn't it? And you're like, this is incredible. And he kind of epitomized it 
you know, it, it was it was the it was the red, white, and blue, and you know, it was, it was the whole stars and stripes thing. It was the, and it, it just he was just like the epitome of what I thought, like you know, America could be and and possibly might have been, and then, yeah, it just uh, it just appealed to me on so many levels. Yeah. I mean, we've sort of talked on the omen to that episode we did on Superman, the first one we did, we sort of discussed all that sort of stuff on there as well, so I'll put a link to that in. Um, I think for me, it was Christopher Reeve first, and then I remember buying a London edition reprint of part of John Byrne's Man of Steel number two, which I would have picked up because it's the shirt ripping open cover, and that would have been the recognition. And then I was sort of like a lot of kids around here, I bought comics, but I wasn't into comics in mm. a big way until I got caught in that perfect storm of Lois and Clark, Return of Superman, and the BBC Radio stuff. And then I went back to Superman the movie from that, because I love this film, but it's not a film I watch that often. Mm. But every time I watch it, I love it, and I think it works for me that way. I think if I watched it too yeah. much, not that I'd get bored of it, but it'd lose that specialness. With certain films like that, Dick Tracy some films that I watch every so often and they're like a special thing for me. It's um, like a hug, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, it's it, it's like a, a visual hug. I mean, because H I, I mean, I've, I've seen it, it for years and then I've watched it twice in the last month. Yeah. And, and H was saying, I thought we watched it. It just makes you feel good, doesn't it? It does. You know? Smile. It's one, like, um, Amy, Amy loves it as well, which is, so it's a family mm. movie. We sit down yeah. and we watch it together mm. um, and then we chat about it. But I was sat here watching it today. I could feel, could feel myself, you know, I'm having a bit of a stressful time at the moment, still, still smiling through an entire movie. Yeah. It, it, I caught myself doing it. You know, from, from the opening, you know, the, the music going down to Krypton, I love that piece of music. Oh, plan, the Planet you know, Krypton the, by John Williams is beautiful. I mean, they use it yeah, in the Superman Returns trailer, and I used it yeah, in that little trailer I cut together to advertise these come in. Um, mm. It's a beautiful and, piece of music. Yeah, and, and, Williams, so, and isn't it, it builds and builds and builds, and then it's it's just it's just amazing and i i like i said i watched i watched it and i did honest I, I i got a bit choked up when you know um his dad you know oh no kind yeah. of thing yeah i know you can do all these amazing things and sometimes you think that you will just go bust unless you can tell people about it huh? yeah, yeah that's right. i mean every time i get the football i can make a touchdown <laughs> that's for sure every time yeah i mean is it showing off and somebody's doing the things he's capable of doing? Is, is no. a bird showing off when it flies? No. No, now you listen to me. When you first came to us, we thought that people would come and take you away because when they found out, you know, the things you could do, and it worried us a lot. But then a man gets older and he thinks very differently and things get very clear. And there's one thing I do know, son, and that is you are here for a reason. I don't know whose reason, whatever the reason is, you know, maybe it's because, um, I don't know, it's, uh, but I do know one thing, it's not to score touchdowns. Huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks, Dad. <laughs> I'll race you to it. Yeah. You will. Come on. Come on, Pop, run, come on, come on, move, move. Yeah, go, 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 come on, run. Hey, man! Oh, no. 
Um, I was getting choked up before you know, that happened because you know it's coming. Mm. Yeah, and it is one of those kind of. It is weird, and it's weird how it kind of parallels like life. You know, yeah. in in that in that moment, it's just like you and me with. Hmm? You know, he's he, he's sad about things. He wants to know where he's doing this. He wants, he, you know, knowledge and terms. His, yeah. his mom and dad are trying to keep him grounded. You know, if he had landed, say, in Donald Trump's house, he'd have probably been out there, you know, flogging nuclear missiles and shit like that. But mm. he's in a nice little, you know, lovely farm doing what he needs to do. And it's like, you know, to, today watching it, we've heard, you know, because my mum has recently passed and mm. it was actually, I heard my dad actually say, oh no, when he went into the, the ward. So that was that kind of similar mm. sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. I absolutely love it. And it does, it it does tug on the heartstrings, which I can't yeah. think of any superhero movie that really does that for me anymore. Um, yeah. I don't know whether it's nostalgia. I don't know what it's taking me back to a time when going to the cinema with my mum, with my mum and dad and things. I don't know, but I can't, I can't think of many superhero movies that have made me blubber, apart from Guardians Three, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> but it's it's a combination of things, though, isn't it? Because there is that nostalgia bit. So there's two pieces of music that, when I hear live, or actually when I hear in the cinema as well, make me cry every time, and I can't help it. And one's the opening to Star Wars. I always cry the opening to Star Wars, like that. You know, the the, the opening refrain always. And we went to um, South Bank to see a, a night of John Williams music. And um, I think H and I just cried all the way through it because everything just hit you. And the other one is the Superman stuff, that opening refrain, you know, the, the very quiet little lead. It, it just Oh, and they're doing the Daily Planet narration oh, over it. It just absolutely like makes me cry my eyes out because yeah. it's, it's just beautiful. But it takes me back to, I wouldn't say a better time, I think, you know, we, there's a danger that you do that. And actually, you know, you've got to look at, at where you are today. And actually, you know, it's all part of life's journey. But it takes me back to a different time um, when, as you're saying, Den, you know, you had different people around. You know, my mum was alive and my, my brother was alive. And, you know, all those different things that come into play that remind you of your childhood when you had less worries. You had worries. I used to worry about, I've always worried about stuff. There were different worries, do you know what yeah. I mean? And and it takes you back to that and that that innocence that you had. And and plus, it is actually a very sad film when you watch it. You yeah. know, he's he's a kid that he has to leave his planet because it's going to explode. You know, he, he he's a kid that growing up can't be himself because he's different. You know, and he's there's that whole thing that that relationship with him and Lois where he has to still pretend to be someone else, you know, and, and he catches himself and it's, it is sad. And that relationship between Reeve and Kidder, I think it's just, just brilliant. It's yeah. so, it's so lovely, you know, the way they both play it and underplay it a bit. It's just, it's just, I find it a really emotional film match. You know, yeah, I, 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 I get the sense I, about lonely Clark Kent is as well. I know part yeah. of the thing is that he is invisible, he's nobody kind of thing, to the point where he can jump out of the office window and nobody notices. But just like, you know, the amount of people he tries to speak to that won't speak to him or just breeze past yeah. him kind of thing, or just tell him he's in the way kind of thing. And it does a really nice job of portraying the loneliness of being Superman yeah. without actually out and out saying it. There's none of him moping around 
you know, hang around outside Lois Lane's window kind of thing. Or, you know, I do, I do like the um, what you're saying about the intro sequence because you know, when the little when the child's talking over the, the mm. it's straight away you know what sort of movie you're getting, yeah, mm. it knows what it's doing, it knows what's and we don't again, I don't, I can't remember another movie that has an intro like that where it says this is no. a comic book. I generally what, forgot know, all about that intro until I got it on DVD in and me. 2002, 2003 when they released it on DVD for the first time. I, I forgot about it till last night again. And when I started watching mm-hmm. it, I was said to H, do I put the wrong one in here? And, um, to Catherine, I, was like, I don't know when they added this yeah. shit to it. <laughs> and it, it was like, yeah. it makes perfect sense though. Yeah. yeah. It, it, you know, it's, it, it knows what it is. And I think that's, you know, it is the blueprint for every other superhero movie ever made. Yeah, and if you follow follow that blueprint, it's going to be a good movie. But you'd never um, get that now, you, then, would you? No, you, no. You'd, it's all because, about no. Yeah, if you said to someone, well, "I'm going to make a superhero film," and you're not going to see the main protagonist for like the first forty minutes because it's all going to be, you know, and they'd be like, "No, I don't think you are, mate. Not on our budget." And it's like if there's not a fight in the first thirty seconds now, certain it. And it's it's the art of filmmaking. It's not just mm. like superhero films, is it? It's the it's the art of a lot of things where well the, it's, the, the it's, movie it's, breathes. Yeah. Yeah. Well we when me and Amy were talking about it um earlier, we're saying a, a case of you know, forget about the special effects. Mm. It's storytelling, it's the story that carries it over. And it's the same you can say about King Kong. So the 1930s King Kong is by far yeah, the best King Kong movie. Yeah. Even Peter Jackson with all his money and all those special effects, because the storytelling on the first one is more believable. Yeah. You know, and I think this one's the same. Forget about all the special effects and stuff. You know, some will look a bit ropey and things, but it's it's the actual, they've got proper character actors in there, good British character actors. They've got, you know, all, all that, and that that pushes the story. Take, take away Superman out of it. It's still a good story. Yeah. 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 I, I say... I mean, I had this conversation with Andy after we'd watched it, is that the true testament to this film is that you're willing to forgive the fact that it ends with him turning back time, which makes no sense whatsoever. And in any other movie, in a lesser movie, you'd have been like, yeah, that was a complete cop-out, wasn't it? But you just go with it with this, and you're willing to... A scene... I, It's a very divisive scene, I'm aware of. I hate the, can you read my mind? But it's fine. But it's like my least, it really sticks out for me. Mm. It just mm. feels really unnecessary. Could have been worse but, if she'd have been allowed to sing it, though. To be well, fair. yeah. But um, I, yeah, I completely get what they were going for and it's absolutely fine. But it's just, it really sticks out. But the fact that I can, neither of those two things make me go, well, yeah, no, that, no, just that completely ruined the whole film for me. There's, there's, are you watching it? There's only one bit that makes me go a bit. And and that and again, it's not you know it isn't that bad, but it's just one of those things that looks weird. Is where he's running at the side of the oh next to the train. It's got that, it's got that weird run. I'll tell you what ruined like... that scene for me is in the extended version where it's revealed that that little girl is Lois Lane on the train. I was like, there's no way that Lois Lane is that much younger than Clark Kent. In my mind, I always thought Margot Kidder was slightly older. In my mind, Lois Lane's always been slightly older than Clark. Yeah, bit of a cougar. Admittedly, that's my own headcanon kind of thing, but, but I yeah. I also like the kind of you know when he reveals himself. Well, hey, um, and it's it's the bits after the big 
save where he's flying around doing lots of different things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And a cat from a tree and the kid gets slapped. Slap for lying. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and you've got all, he's doing all these things. He goes back to the fortress and he pretty much gets a bollocking saying, listen, it's fine that you're feeling like this, but just keep it in check. Yeah. And again, goes back to the kind of who he is. You know, if it's not Pa Kent telling him, it's, it's Jarrell saying, listen, it's you, you, it's fine what you're doing. And it's funny that you and it like, gives him back chat. He goes, how, how do you know? How do you know how I feel about it? But I do. you don't get that in superhero movies anymore as well. No. You don't get the mundane kind of little flying around doing... I think in the extended cut, he does a few more little things. Yeah, because I think that Jarrell scenes in the extended cut. I mean, when we, when yeah, we talked yeah. about Batman, that's the thing I love about Keaton Batman is when they're walking around Wayne Manor and, and you know, and they're sort of saying, well, so what's this room? And he's like, don't know. I don't think I've ever been in here before. Yeah. And it's those those daft little things that are quite believable. And I think that's, that's again, why these those two films are my all-time like they they will I don't think they'll ever be bettered because the main characters are so well done, both yeah. in terms of the superhero side of the character, but more in terms of you know you'll never see a better depiction of Clark Kent. You you'll just I, I refuse to believe that you will ever see anyone who gets that balance right of you know the the the, the absolute you know. I am Superman to this this uh, bumbling idiot, and it's the little tiny things as well, the little facial things. You know, it's that he's it, just so good, and it was like Keaton and Batman. He's exactly the same. Just oh, played it so when, when well. When he takes his glasses off after he's taken Lois out of Superman, then I just like when he takes his glasses yeah. off and straightens up. That's a yeah. little masterclass in just body language. And um, you know, and people say, say, "Oh, like you wouldn't see his glasses on. You wouldn't know it was." It's like, well, you know. I went to the spy museum in Washington once and it was showing you some of the disguises that they used to use. And it literally was a pair of glasses and a bit of a wig. And that was it. But people fell for it. You know, you see like, and you were like, wow, it did work. Well, it shows you with him how much his posture has changed. Yeah. Why nobody would recognize. Like I say, his whole thing Brilliant. is he's pretty much invisible. Nobody really notices him. Even when they know, Absolutely. you know, they're looking at him, talking to him, they don't see him. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah. The actress from, Superman three, who plays Lana, said, "I've got a story about that, isn't?" Yeah, when no, apparently all, yeah. she was, yeah, it came out. He walked out, and it's the first time she's seen him as Superman. It was like <laughs> looking up, completely yeah. different person. Mm. And it was literally, she said, it was like looking up. It's this, and that scene where he takes glass off is brilliant. And yeah, I agree yeah. with you. I don't think I think Keaton is the best Bruce Wayne, best Batman. I think Christopher Reeves the best Clark Kent and the best Superman. Yeah. The nearest again is the TV show at the moment, the Superman and Lois. Yeah. I think he he does a re he doesn't get the credit he deserves. He does a really good job playing both of them. Yeah. You know, mm. but I do I love that glasses. And he does, he looks it looks like five I, inches bigger, doesn't he? And his chest yeah. comes out and everything. And it's just such a masterclass. And, 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 and with, with Keaton as well, when he's yeah, when he's kind of like having his dinners like looking yeah. around and being a bit and, you know, yeah, yeah. and I'm not when you get it, not, king of the wicker people. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not being disrespectful to other people that have played those characters because you know, I'm sure in the main they've, they've all been very good, but well, yeah, I think um, they've all had to do different clerks, haven't they? Because I mean, Dean Cain's clerk is a very different clerk, yeah, but it, it's all very somber now, isn't it? It's yeah. all very there's mm. a fine line between the alter ego and the hero, and they didn't do that, they put a distance between them. 
which yeah. you don't get because people wouldn't like it because it'd be seen as hammy now. You know, if you did that now, you'd just well, get people going, it's proper hammy in it. Oh, that, you know. He's and that's why, hammy. and that's why you get a movie where Spider-Man takes his mask off in the school. Yeah. You know, because people don't want to do that anymore. People don't want to put that. Like, I don't mind Henry, Henry Cavell's Superman. No, I don't. I think it's I think Clark it's Kent. Good. I think it's Clark Kent is okay, but Christopher Reeve nails it. You, yeah. He's also got that sensibility about him. He's very aware that who he is and stuff. Like when he catches mm. the bullet, when you know, at the mugging sort yeah. of stuff, and yeah, he, his glasses. And he gets, oh, oh, why are you doing that? You know, and that, and then he walks away and he just like you know, yeah. Again, he's Superman yeah. and carries on and, again. And again, the theme that because the theme I always think about when I was watching it again last night, it's kind of a bit weird like this. Is the, the theme throughout is sacrifice, isn't it? You know, when you when you watch mm. it, all the different story elements, they all center around sacrifice. You know, he's sacrificed by his parents, and you know, and he he sacrifices who he is, like in that scene. You know, he has to pretend that he fainted, and he's a big, you know, and mm. at the risk of Lois thinking he's a complete Dilbert, but that's what he has to do. And and in the end, you know, he has to sacrifice Lois because he's made a promise that he'll go and save somebody's great aunt first and things like that. And it's, it runs throughout, doesn't it? You know, until he reaches that point where he's not willing to sacrifice Lois, actually, it's almost like, no, I'm, I'm, I've done enough now and I'm, I've got to do something for me. And that's when, you know, the, the, the world's spinning back. Yeah. You're right. You know, I'm sure physicists and astrophysicists must be like, wait, what the, what's, what's going well, on? Yeah. Here? Cause it wasn't well, originally you know supposed to end that way. Was it? That's how two no. was supposed to yeah. end. Well, I um, like the ending. I think it fits completely with, with you know, the film. I think it, the film itself is so, like, incredibly out there and, you know, bewildering that actually anything goes. Then it, and if you're not going to believe that Superman can't turn the world backwards and time backwards, then why do you believe that Superman could fly or that any of that? Why are you even bother watching it? Because it's like, you know, it's like, it's like people who watch bomb films and then go, well, that wouldn't happen, would it? Yeah, well, no, it wouldn't happen, would it? Because it'd be dead in three minutes. It's like, well, that's the point of watching the yeah. film, isn't it? Like, well, it is, and it, and and hitting there on the head completely. It's, you know, if you don't, if you, if you you should be as a Superman fan, buy into Superman being real, and he's a real person. He does his real things. That's in my head. That's how it mm. works. Same with Batman and this and the other. Because if you didn't, the films wouldn't work. You wouldn't feel. No. You know, and the comics, like when we talked about Death of Superman, the, how it affected people and stuff. If you if you're not in tuned and or, you don't go and watch it, go and watch I don't know some French movie or something um, that two people watch. I I just don't get why people pick holes in things like that. Because if you would, you know, technically, when you know Lois is falling down and Superman catches her, you just rip her in half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. But, if you want to let, start taking the physics yeah. apart, yeah, he'd completely destroy exactly. most of the people he well, saved. The scene where he hugs yeah. his mum when he's leaving his mum, he'd have killed her because he hugs her properly. Yeah. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't like, he doesn't hold off, does yeah. he? And you think, well, he'd crush her there, wouldn't he? I, just, I saw an interview with, with Donna ages and ages after a minute. He was saying, well, Superman's also got super brain, so he's worked out the physics of how to catch yeah. people without ripping him in half. Fine, I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah that's all the, the explanation I need. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> yeah, what I just assume. You know, you just assume yeah, that he knows how far he yeah. can go, you know. Um, but I, I, I think the sum of a hero is also based on the sum of the villains for me. I think you know Gene Hartman's great in it. I think oh, he's really, really good in it. 
that's why I took a bit of umbrage at the opening reviews, you know, when they talk about Hackman and, and, and it's like... I think he is campy, though, but I think that works for this film. Yeah. Because, again, you look at where this film came, you've just come off the back of, like, your Easy Riders, your Parallax Views, your All the President's Men, sort of the bleak, gritty 70s. And then they were like, no, we're going to do a Superman that is arguably out of time with the kind of films that were coming out in the late 70s, uh, the late 60s into the 70s, right up to the point that Superman the movie came out. And they're like, no, no, we're going to do a film that is optimistic and hopeful and, you know, still bleak underneath, if you actually think about it. But Very, very much what they needed at the time. Yeah. In, but in I movies. don't find Hackman's Luthor, <laughs> you know, Lex Luthor, as, as Otis calls him, I don't find him campy at all. No, I, I think find him. I think he gets the projection of campy on him because of Otis and Miss Tessmacher. Because you yeah. look at the chemistry between the three of those. But it, to me, though, I, you see, I see. Um, oh, I think Ned Beat is brilliant as Otis because yeah. he, he does like he's a, when he, he tells him to take his cape and then he goes, yeah. take it. I don't think he wants yeah. to take him as the Luthor. And um, I forgot. I always forget her name. Miss um, Tessmacher. That's it. I can never get it right. Yeah, and I think she's great as well. But in the middle of that, I just see Hackman as Luthor, who is just like just surrounded by these idiot sorry surrounded by these idiots and kind of he's just exasperated yeah you know because he is he is the greatest like villainous brain on the planet and he's just like what and it reminds me a little bit of we've all done this where we've been at work and you or you've been out and you've been surrounded by people and you're just like what's going on here like is that you know and you just get to that point where you you can't help but become a little bit ridiculous yeah and that's how he strikes me it's not that i, I don't find him like a parody or anything i just f- find him completely at the end of his tether with, yeah. with what he's got to deal with um you know like the coordinates thing and <laughs> it's like what about the fourth coordinate you know and I it's all this thing that, that's a very campy bit where he just jumps in the back and starts beating it yeah well, you want to jump in the, the back wheel. and beat him up don't you because uh, you, he's got like you had one job he's got a lovely little micro bit that sort of tells you, like, you know, how much fun he is in this character, but also how evil he is, is when Miss mm. Tessmacher says, but Lex, my mum lives in the Happensack, and he just looks at his watch and then looks down and just goes, yeah, and shakes yeah. his head and walks yeah. off. And it's but like, it, that's just pure, cold evil, but at the same time, it's so much fun. And the bit the bit where he's, he's sort of, um, he's looking for the Krypton, kryptonite, you know, and he works out, actually, he's working back. So when did he land and when would it have been? And when, you know, what, so if a planet explodes and he's landing here, then there'll be... That is so clever. It's so cleverly done, but it's so subtle as well. And it just shows the intelligence yeah. of Lex Luthor as a as a mastermind, you know. And it's that's why he's obviously Superman's greatest arch enemy, because he is, he, he is, you know, he's a super brain, isn't he, you know? But the he's not bothered about killing tens and thousands of yeah. people. Yeah, you know, as but any true, uh, any true, like you know, maniac would. Yeah, the conversation he has with him over the uh, dog frequency as well. Yeah, it's a lovely bit of you know. And then when Marcy Superman first comes through, scene. he smashes the door off the thing. He's like, "Yeah, it's open. Come in." My oh, I, 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 that, that, see that line. Just, yeah, yeah, it's just brilliant, wasn't it? Uh, uh, and I mean, he's genius. Take the man's cape. It's open, come in. 
My attorney will be in touch with you about the damage to the door. Otis, uh, take the gentleman's cape. I don't think he wants me to, Mr. Luthor. All right, Luthor, where's the gas pellet? Somewhere. <laughs> in the back of my mind, actually. This is a little idea I was toying with. Yeah, <laughs> no. But Hackman, you're right. It's just, I mean, I think to be fair, you'd be hard pressed to find anyone in it that that wasn't great. And maybe well, no. that's rose tinted, but I just think everyone is like top draw. Yeah, I mean, sort of. Yeah, let's do some of the cast then. Obviously, we talked about about Christopher Reeve. We've talked about Gene Hackman a little bit. Um, Margot Kidder, for me, I. I was always mixed on Margot Kidder, partly because I remember more the later films where she used less. Mm. She was never my favourite, but I love her in this film. I mean, oh, I, I properly I, fall in love with Margot Kidder's Lois Lane. Yeah. The way she poses for Jimmy taking the photo. Again, another little bit of microacting, because Margot Kidder doesn't get the credit she deserves as well. No. The bit where Superman's holding her, he catches the helicopter, and then he looks at her and sort of gives her a look like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she sort of looks at him, like, yeah, and then just looks down and looks back up again. Such yeah. a lovely little bit of acting. Yeah. And it's it's the way there's that little bit of um because you we made a joke, didn't we, before, but she can't spell. Yeah. She's asking Jimmy Olsen, how do you spell this? How do you spell that? You know, which is great. Because it shows that she's, got, <laughs> she's got yeah. So, you know, the fact that the stories she gets shows you that she's you know, she's out there, she's she's willing to sort of put herself at risk. Um, the fact that she averts the mugging, you know, which yeah. we talked about, but it's that bit where she she's already beginning to think about Clark and Superman a little bit. There's that little flash, isn't there, where she's kind of like, mm, oh no, no, you know, and it, it's just it's just so again, it just shows how intelligent she is. But I think Margot Kidder in it's just I, I've always thought she's brilliant in it. I've yeah. always always loved her in it. And then yeah, I've never not thought she was brilliant. I think she just been lower down on my list yeah and you know with this last couple of rewatches really pushed her up the list again um i mean that whole daily planet crew were great jimmy um mark mcclure as jimmy mm. and jackie cooper as perry and just the mm. thing between the two of them as well um i mean mark mcclure is probably the best in this one because he looks like a young jimmy olsen he starts to get he ages quite quickly <laughs> to the point where it's like you look a little bit wrong in bow ties now, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, if you dangle off a dam, that's burst. Yeah. I think I'd age quite quickly as well. Isn't that always the way, though? You get your first big photo gig assignment and then somebody fires a missile at it. <laughs> well been there. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I love that Daily Planet really feels like a proper workplace. Mm. I mean, I'll always love the Lois and Clark Daily Planet set, but this one feels like a real metropolitan newspaper set with the hustle and bustle and she as well the, the chief's door that you know, swings you, both you, ways and yeah it's, i love that the door yeah, yeah. building mm. still in new york the thing's still there you know but it's it just compared to like small but like you were saying it's dirty it's mm. it's it's kind of brash it's in your face and you know the office looks like you you need a wash when you leave it yeah it's, it's my office really Metropolis is a quite nice middle ground between Smallville and Krypton. To me, it's sort of it's not cold, it's not warm, it's just bleakish, but not, you know, in a 
Nolan Batman film kind of bleak. It's mm, got a nice there's there's warmth 70s. within the city, but yeah, seventies and eighties early New York, isn't it? Really, yeah, you know, where it's, you've got you know when he spins around and comes out, and the guy goes, you know, the say Jim. Right? He probably is a pimp. Are we? Are we are, yeah, he's a pimp. <laughs> he yeah. Has, he, yeah, yeah, and you know that's very much New York in that that era, wasn't it? But then you've got the kind of part with the crisp, you know, with a cow at the tree, and a few other, you know. So like you said, it does it does have those warm little moments, but yeah. it is mm-hmm. it is a harsh grey kind of landscape mm-hmm. for him to kind of um, you know become the man he's always meant to be. Well, that's the thing though, isn't it? Because if you look at it from like the balance between Smallville and you know Metropolis, it, you don't necessarily need a Superman in Smallville, but no. you sure as hell need somebody in Metropolis. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like it's it's it, I don't. I mean, I'm a sucker for all that that seventies and eighties New York kind of thing, that grime. I think it's just this when the minute I see that, and I, I think we've talked about this before as well. Then whenever I say a film where it's got you can tell it's it's like genuine footage of people, you know, like the start of Saturday Night Fever and things like that. It's like mm-hmm. this is going to be really good. I love I love that stuff, and it gets that feel. It gets that that sense of reality, a bit like um, Ghostbusters. You know, that's the yeah. same. You know, that that genuine street level stuff. But again, there's just so many cle- the way they use the environment as well you know like when he, he goes to the phone booth and it's a half booth yes yeah. <laughs> he kind of I looks and he's like big. oh <laughs> do you know what i mean and it's just clever little things and he gets stuck in the revolving door yeah. you know and it it's just just so good the way that they use it and I, i've always loved the uh the kind of subterranean lair that that luther's got oh yeah. i love lex luther's lair i I just I want to know where the water so that he great. swims in comes from. Is it sewage water? Was there a flood? Does the river overflow? Did he fill a pool? Yeah. I but have it... I have um um a weird kind of thing with layers and stuff and things. Um I'm always worried about hygiene. <laughs> I need to know. It's like Ant Man. He just wheels around a um a, a box and turns into a big building. What the toilet automatically plums in. You know, what do you do about this? What do you do? So I, I have a he, he, subterranean. That's quite nice. But is he plumbed? Is everything plumbed incorrectly? You know, can he go to the top? Because a guy like me who, who poos a lot, I need these things. Hygiene's well, on my top list of any sort of layer. Given given that he can work out where kryptonite fell, I probably reckon he's got a rudimentary um, skill of plumbing. Then I wouldn't worry too much, does, mate. I who, think he's safe. Yeah, but who does... It, does he do the plumbing himself? Probably. I or he gets Otis. So. I think he gets Otis to do it. Otis to be old, down there. It's and an old train station, isn't it? So there's probably I mean, toilets somewhere. Yeah. Again, though, there's that great thing in the right with the robe, but he says, fetch my robe. <laughs> and he puts it on, and then he goes through the whole talk, and then at the end he just goes, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. next time, let me get out the water before you... It's, so, it's his reaction. He's been stood there for like four or five minutes, and he's just talking. Why it's getting His robe's getting wet, you know? When he when he pulls the brilliant. wig off and alters his surprise, <laughs> yeah, yeah, brilliant, absolutely. Yeah, just been, he's, he's had his, he, you know, yeah. How could you not know that? Yeah, but it's a it's a film of micro elements, isn't it? Like that that I think make I love it the police in fresh. it as well. Yeah, I said that scene where the guy's saying he flew off, what like a big blue bird. He's yeah, yeah. whatever comes out. It just assumes he's a shit, drunk Irish cop. He goes, yeah, looks like us, yeah. Um, I'll come in with you, kind of thing. <laughs> but 
you know, those bottles that's the sort of stuff that you do. And but people, you don't get that in, in any of them. You don't get how normal people would react to him. I know there's a, there's a little bit in kind of Superman Returns before he goes stalking, where he's flying over the through the city, and if and people are looking up at him, that's what would happen. Yeah, mm. you know, it, it's be, oh look, the Superman sort of stuff, and mm. I I kind of like that in here. You know, it, it, you know, from saving Lois to kind of putting a cat and then flying around the whole boat and everything. It, I, that sequence for me is, and everybody's brilliant in it. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, even the bit yeah, before he something. drills down into Luther's lair when people yeah. see it, Superman and just gather around. And I love the bit with the woman in the sand afterwards, where she's like, Well, come on, then get moving. Yeah, <laughs> after Superman's gone, it's like we send the thing within, they drive. It's that just stand back, everybody. But stand this back. film's great. It, a bit like when we talked about the impact of the death of Superman, it's because this film builds a world. You believe in the mm. world, you believe in the character. Mm. The pilot on Air Force One with the uh, fly, yeah, don't look. Just fly. We got something. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but then the way his facial expression goes, and he just looks back out the window, and the other guys are <laughs> looking at the windows. <laughs> and they're all like that, trying, to, trying to look through the little window. Yeah. Oh, it's just, just brilliant. <laughs> oh, it is though. It's, a, it's, a, it is. As I say, it's truly a masterclass. But nobody would have the guts to do that today with a mainstream character. Well, no, because you think it, it packs all it. of his action into that middle section, and then you get a little bit again at the end. Mm. But it packs its main action into that and condenses it all into that. Yeah. Because before that, it's like, you know, backstory. Then it's Superman, Lois Clark, Lois for a bit. Then it's Gene Hackman's master plan mm. being put into action. And then he's got Kryptonite around his neck for a bit. Yeah. It's and then brilliant. you go back to the other Super Saiyans at the end. But it just, now you'd be like, you've gone five minutes without an action beat. You need something here. You couldn't pack it all into like the hour mark of the film. Yeah. For a good 10, 15 minutes, which that's some of my favorite Superman stuff in that 10, 15 minutes as well. And again, I didn't realize because you, you know what I'm like with things that connect. Like, you know, I'm a sucker for connecting things and canon and stuff like that. And I, I always forget as well about in the opening sequence with the, the General Zod and, you know, Non and Ursa. I just always forget about that bit. And and that's right. And then I remember how excited I was at Superman two yeah. when I saw that they were back. And I also then saw that it was a consequence of in Superman where he, he kind of detonates. Yeah, and it that blew that that blew me mind. That that Terrence that Stamp is so really good did. in that little bit in this film. It's, I mean, to be fair, he's great in most things. In his yeah, I mean, he's regardless of what you might think about him, he's, you know. Um, but I always forget that bit, and then when I watch, it, I think that's why the second one blew my mind so much because yeah. it wasn't just—I mean, it is a more action-packed film, and I know you're going to talk about this separately, but it—it it just made that first connection where you thought, God, these films can be like continuations. It can be, you know, there are consequences to what they do. It's not just they do it and then the end. It's like they do it, but actually, something happened as a result of that. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I think that's where it probably first started. I mean, that's the beauty of knowing you're doing a number two, because obviously they were filming them both back to back, weren't they? Which is why they had to mm. put the Superman turning the earth back to turn back time thing in this film, because they just didn't have an ending and they needed to cut it, finish it up mm. quick kind of thing. But um, Terrence Stamp, just amazing. And the look of fear on their faces as the Phantom Zone is swirling mm. towards them and then them begging for their lives as it drifts off into space. I love that in the Donica yeah. you see it from their yeah. side of Jor-El yeah. walking away and that sort of thing. Quite, you know, 
shouting at him, even even in the face of the Phantom Zone, he's still saying, you know, get you in your airs. Yeah. You know, it's it's proper. You know, not just you. Any anything relating to yeah. you, I'm gonna get it. So it's a bit like um, you know, what's it called? Untouchables. And he goes, yeah. oh, I'm dead. And I want to. <laughs> that's the sort of stuff. I'm not going to stop with you. I'm going to get everybody related to you, and I will yeah. get out of there. But, yeah, I mean that you've got that, which is like a powerhouse. Then you've got the fall of Krypton, the destruction of Krypton, which is quite brutal. When you're, mm. The only thing it's missing is a scene of Drago going, "Yeah, but you wish you listened to me now, don't you?" Yeah. Oh no, we're in the extended cut's a bit more, isn't there? The extended cut, you see like buildings falling on top yeah. of people and things, don't yeah, you? Yeah, right. Uh, the towers coming down and things, and and the I think it's a special edition, isn't it? Yeah. Um, which I quite I quite like that. I I, I wanted to see a bit more of the old. Um, yeah, I, again, I've, I've seen all three cuts, but this is the one I watched the most, just because, like I say, I think the pacing is perfect in this. Mm. Um, but there are bits in it. That means, like, when Superman's approaching Lex's lair in the extended edition, you've got the fire and the machine guns and everything going Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. redundant. You don't need it. Lex already knows it's not going to work, but it's just a really cool bit to show off some Superman power. Yeah, showing his, yeah. And it's, it's loved, like, when he's on Krypton and stuff and talking to all the elders and all the, the, the people and things. And they're all just like dismissing him, you know. Mm. It's it's just because we're going into a new orbit. What's your problem? He's like, no, 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 no. If you don't and, listen to me, and... well, I like the idea that, that Krypton's become such a passive kind of utopian society. You know, there is still crime within it, which is obviously the Zod element of it. Um, but they're just such a utopian society, and intellectually at the level they are, that they're just so passive about. But the the, the thing I love about that Zod bit again in the beginning. I've I've never seen any of the other very various cuts of that. I've only ever seen the originals, but um, I love the the line where he sort of says to Jorel, "You know, you can you can still join us." Yeah. You know this this, and then then you start thinking, "Oh, what's going?" You know, is there is there like political sort of you know shenanigans going on here? And it's like you know Zod who was obviously the, the responsible for their security is. is it's sort of seen that actually, you know, these lot are going to take us down. Whether you agree with Zod or not, you know, he's like, he's right. And Jor-El was on the same page where he's like, you know, you, we've got 30 days or less and we're not going to, and it's like, no, 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 you know. And it just, it just opens up this whole world, doesn't it, of what could be going on behind the scenes politically that, that you know, Zod thinks that Jor-El might turn. And for a split second, you do kind of, you, you get that sense that he, he's thinking about it, you know, and then he, he obviously does the right thing um, yeah. by Kryptonian law. But I just find it really interesting that those little, again, just little nuggets that don't go anywhere, but just the more you watch it and the more you pick up on it, the more you think, Ooh, that that's fascinating, you know, and that, that's probably, I would imagine that may have been down to, uh, Putzel's kind of scripting, you know. I mean, he wrote The Godfather, so he's quite used to that that whole political mm. kind of syndicate thing. I don't know, but I just find it really interesting that watching yeah. it again. Well, imagine I if when, when he, he was a bagel. Yeah, bagel. Yeah, but when when he's putting like Kalel in in the in the crystal ship, it's a really kind of half. You know, he's you know he won't be. He'll need those advantages. You know, you'll need this, you'll need that. And he's like, but he won't be one of them. No, but he'll, you know, you'll travel far, my little Kalel. You know, mm-hmm. it's how oh, sweet's that. <laughs> yeah. He's sending his, 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 his 
child away to a different miles or you know because the opening credits going forever so it's a, it's a long way it's a long 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 way they're going and it's like is this what's happening you know Sacrifice. we're all gonna die you're gonna he's, be on got, your own. he's got that great line yeah. hasn't he of uh, the son becomes the father and the father becomes the father, son the father becomes the son yeah. yeah i must admit as a kid i always thought he put a bit of kryptonite in his spaceship with yeah him. i did like, yeah why'd they made that crystal green yeah i know i know but um it's like seriously purple blue anything but yeah that's what it is. He's uh, kryptonite in with his own kid. It does bug just, me that he can't say Krypton or Lara. Brando in it. It's, it's Lara and Krypton. Say what he wants. <laughs> and that he's got his wristwatch on. <laughs> Which I never noticed until I saw it in the cinema. But when he puts Cal into the ship, you can see his wristwatch like that big on the screen. He's got another time, hasn't he? Well, yeah, I know. Like, just, that was one of those Brando things of like he wouldn't take it off. So Yeah. A bit um, like Hatman, wasn't it, with his hair? Yeah, wouldn't shave it, but brilliant. But again, I do love that—the whole thing that you know he's a, a bold guy wearing a wig. When in actual fact, he's a uh, a man with hair wearing a bowl cap. Yeah, just that yeah. twist. We did it again as I'm a vagal. Yeah, that's just because he just wanted to take the money, but didn't actually want to be on set, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> he still got paid. He got paid for Superman two and three anyway, didn't he? Even though he's not in them. Yeah, yeah um, I mean, yeah, I think that was to do with. The whole Donna fallout as to why they wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like he, he, I imagine Jack Nicholson looked at how how Brando's deal was done, thinking I want to do something like that because he still makes money off every single Batman movie. Oh god, yeah. Until he until he dies. So well, yeah, I think he made the most out of Batman Returns out of any cast member, and he wasn't even in it. Yeah, yeah. So well, I think I mean personally, no, I, I think him and Keaton and Reeves estate and all that they should. Yeah, because you wouldn't have those films today. It wasn't for mm. these. If those films that originally, you know, kind of trod that path were not as good as they were, you wouldn't have people returning to it now. You just wouldn't, no. not to the regularity that they do. And you know, there's an argument to say they should get a cut. Maybe I'm just yeah. soft. Well, I mean, this is a whole back ends on films as part of this whole writer's strike that's going on at the time we're recording as well. Mm-hmm. The way streaming services are starting to pull content off, so they don't have to pay people their back ends. It's just all wrong. It's the creative process. All wrong. Thing. You know, it's just got no value anymore. We we live in a world where people don't value creativity. No, that's it. It's... Just punch it in AI mm-hmm. and like some shite. It's just touching on something. I think it was Stuart saying. You know, at the time this movie was coming out, the Effie movie was like you know serious and yeah. dirty and gritty and this and then you know you go to a studio and say i want to do superman mm. and it was like what and then you say i've got Marlon brando attached mario puzzo just come off the godfather he's gonna write do the first writing of it this that and the other I, I, can you imagine doing that at studio now and also superman's going to be an unknown we're not going to have an actor yeah, uh, who everybody knows because he wanted like you know Clint Eastwood and we'll there, Robert um, one, Redford, Paul Newman, Robert Redford, yeah, all the, all the dentist, faces. all the big names, yes, <laughs> all these. De- he he screen tested in his dentist. Those screen tests are fascinating <laughs> to watch. The various yeah, lowest lane yeah, ones yeah. and the little clips of. I, I I don't. I'm not a big fan of Lois Lane in this. I I I don't think anyone's got Lois Lane right for me apart from the BBC Radio stuff yeah i i i struggle with lois in this you can clearly see that 
herself and, and Christopher Reeve has kept chemistry. You can see that pretty much from the screen test as well. There is something a little bit there, whether it's her kind of pulling on because she's been in more things and this, that and the other. But I I, I don't... She She's fine, but I'm not a big fan of Mar- Margot Kidder as, as Lois. And I'm not a big fan of any of them, really, mm. to be honest, who, who, who portrays it. I think, again, the closest one is the radio one and, and the, the one on TV now, the Superman and Lois. Yeah, I think she's... Terry Hatch was for me, but she was later series again, was really badly yeah, so. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and season think... one, Lois. It's that finding that thing between being that ballsy go get a Lois Lane, but also being the damsel in distress that's believable. Because what I quite yeah. like about mm. the helicopter thing is that she unplugs herself and tries to save <laughs> her and the pilot, and that's what gets her into more trouble. It's nice little bits of that, and the bit where she's like suffocating and crushed to death in the car. That's yeah, horrible. Yeah, when you yeah. think this is a PG family movie, a, a mm. really brutal, horrible scene. Yeah. Wait, it'd been a, uh, I think, was it a U when it came out? Yeah, I think it was. Because that's yeah, how I got was, to yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Universal, yeah. Now, so I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a, a big fan. Of, I think it is, it is fine. Um, I'm still waiting to find a, a Lois that I, I like. I liked Amy Adams ish. Um, I always I don't like this the damsel in distress all the time with because I think technically you know you're looking at it, who's the greatest threat to um, Superman it's Lois Lane because he just stops what he's doing and goes and saves all the time yeah you know so that that bugs me a little bit because mm. you know she can get out, she can get out of scrapes by herself she you know she can do stuff she's a very capable female well, and the way she's written in the early too. comics. Yeah, she, the, the way she's written in like some of the Golden Age stuff and the early stuff, she's not, it's very mm. ballsy what they did when they wrote it because she wasn't just making the teas and doing something other. She was out there getting the stories, even in the 30s and 40s books. Yeah, it's sort of Silver Age, she gets what, a bit, you know, Yes, Sil- Silver Age, she's like, like Wonder Woman, Super Friends, go make a brew, go and do some typing for me, go and do this, something other. But And that's the kind of, that's the, the kind of Lois I want. Um, and plus, I don't like a voice either. My God, kid, voice it grates on me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you, you've got me. Who's got you? Oh. Yeah, like I say, she's not my favourite either. Um, like I say, I think Terry Hatcher has always been my favourite, just because that was my key Superman at the right age kind of thing. But rewatching the film at the cinema and then again today for this, I definitely appreciate her a lot more than I think I did. She's not my she's not my picture of Lois Lane if I was looking at the comics and that. But again, I don't think there's been one. This when you watch some of the auditions, you kind of she looks like Lois Lane as I pictured her in the comics kind of thing. But there's that undeniable chemistry between her and Christopher Reeve in the Superman interview scene. I think they've got great chemistry. The way mm. she's is with him and the way he's sort of playing with her. Little grins he gives to himself. There's some really nice chemistry moments. Yeah, you know, I, I I love that, and I I do agree that kind of you can see that with them, and you can see the, the bit on the screen test on the balcony. Yeah, when he jump drops down and he's full of sweat. Yeah, <laughs> and walking over, I think you can clearly see straight away there is there is something bit of a cougar because I'm the same as you. I always think Lois is a little bit older than Superman. Yeah, a bit more worldly wise and things. Clark and Superman. And you can clearly see there is a little bit of that going on there. You know, a bit of Mrs. Robinson, are you trying to seduce me? You know, um, Lois, that kind of stuff. Um, 
but I'm just I'm just not and it's not a criticism of this movie, it's criticism of anyone with, with mm, yeah. who does Lois. Mm. I just don't think they can get to get it right at all. Do you know I've always thought it'd be a good Lois Lane, Rosario Dawson. Really? Yeah. There's just something about her. She's got that ballsy, but there's just something about her that I was like, she'd be a really good Lois Lane. I think it um yeah. it depends on the context of the movie as well, doesn't it? So I yeah. agree. I thought Amy Adams was was good as Lois Lane, but she was good because her style of acting and the way she portrayed the character fit with the darker themes of the film. She, it mm. wouldn't have worked in, you know, if you transpose people and, and I get what you mean. And, you know, and I didn't see a lot of the, um, the, the kind of Clark and Lois stuff, but, you know, again, I do think, you know, the bit saw Terry Hatch, I thought she was, she was good in the context of that as well. Um, and maybe I am just a little bit biased because this was like my Superman movie do you know what i mean and, that i i, I... And the thing is, and like as is, is a prime example you know what you've said is right because if you look at the kind of superman that we you know if you look at the the lois from the george reeve stuff and mm. superman it's very much a capsule in time this one's very similar and mm. then you know you you look at terry Atcher, that's it's very much um u.s soap operas when we started getting like the Ref, you know, the homeless and the restless or whatever coming over here, and Beverly Hills 9210 and all that American TV, and she's very much of that. And then you get kind of Amy Adams, which is very much, um, you know, that bit at the beginning when she jumps out of the helicopter, she goes, You're day early, and we're not ready for you. Well, that's why I'm here, kind of stuff. And she, mm. she goes and looks for things, she goes and finds people, and but that's very much now, isn't it? Mm. So I don't know what they're going to do next time, but I. I don't know. I just don't. And it is a capsule. You, you do look at um, movies and it, it doesn't ruin it for me. You know, I absolutely adore this movie. I think yeah. that's why the and Can just... You Read My Mind bit sticks out so much as well, because it's so not Lois. Yeah, I mean, it, is, yeah. it is. But she'd never voice it. Even in her head, I can't imagine her ever voicing it in such a wishy-washy sort of way. Yeah. Well, about and the it... dropping a bit. Yeah, yeah I just find I, that a I... bit odd. And he didn't get it yeah. straight away. He kind of just smiled. No, he sort of rolls his eyes a little bit. Like, nah. yeah. yeah. Women who can't fly, eh? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd get her. And I'm, um, I'm sure some people point out that once he took her above the clouds, she'd freeze to death as well. But, you know, let's, let's not worry about Especially that night. Yeah. But, again, it, it, think about the time when she was playing this character in 78. It was a different time like, mm. for women being portrayed in films. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that, so. you know, so the fact that she is quite, um, you know, ballsy in it was different, very yeah. different, you know, um, because there's still that that throwback with the Larry Hagman scene, you know, where it's like, well, we need to give her a chest massage, <laughs> and I'll, you know, stand so like, rank. I wouldn't ask anyone to do anything, <laughs> I wouldn't be willing to do me, do you know what I mean? And it's that kind of now, you, you know, people will no doubt be appalled that there's, there's some kind of terrible sexist inference of a joke in there but again context time it was made and stuff you know so Lois Lane kid as Lois Lane is very different to what you would get you know um maybe yeah. just coming a little bit older than you guys I, I remember yeah. it a bit more you know but it, it was it, it, it was like same as um Carrie Fisher's Princess Leia you know you were like wow this is this is not the norm you know the fact that she saves them all the time yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like this is this shouldn't be happening. That's so, it. Yeah. I, I think part of the problem as well is yeah. that there's so much in this film and pacing wise, you kind of 
you can't develop lowest possibly as much as you deserves just because of everything else you have to yeah. fit in. Same as like the Kents, you don't get enough of the Kents. No, you you, you could have done a whole two film just about Kent. that. And... Um, and I think that's part of the problem. In Eastside murder case, the way I see it, it's a banner headline, front page, maybe my picture. There's only one P in rapist. Lois Lang, say hello to Clark Kent. Told you one P. Hi, uh, Lois Lang, how Remember my dynamite expose on the sex and drug orgies and senior citizens? How you doing? Jimmy Olsen, photographer. Oh, hi. Clark Kent, nice to meet you. It's got everything. It's got sex, it's got violence, it's got the ethnic angle. I mean, look yeah, at so it. Yeah, so is a lady wrestler with a foreign accent. Ken, can you open this? Oh, sure, Mr. White. This could be the basis for a whole series of articles. Making sense of senseless killings by Lois Lane. I mean, we get psychologists, we get... Lois, we get Lois you're pushing victims, a bunch of rinky-dink tabloid garbage. <laughs> The Daily Planet has a tradition. I'm oh, I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Gosh, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to shake it up like that. Oh, well, of course not, Lois. I mean, why would anyone want to make a total stranger look like a fool? I'll take that. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry, Mr. Wayne. Olson, why am I paying you $40 a week when I should have you arrested for loitering? Go get Mr. Kent. No, towel. Move, kid, move. Yeah, right, Chief. And make mine black and no sugar. Right, Chief. And don't call me sugar. Blood is problem. Right, sugar. Sheep wants coffee, no sugar. Take the tea with lemon. Uh, Lois, why don't you take Kent out to uh, meet everybody, huh? Sure. Just introduce him around. Yeah. He's starting with the paper today. I'm giving him the city beat. Chief, that's my beat. Lois, Clark Kent may seem like just a mild-mannered reporter, but listen, not only does he know how to treat his editor-in-chief with the proper respect, not only does he have a snappy, punchy prose style, but he is, in my 40 years in this business, the fastest typist I've ever seen. Oh, Excuse me, Here, you forgot my article. So, unfortunately, Den's had to leave the episode, so we're just going to... We're getting to the end anyway, so we're just going to carry it on without him. Yeah, I think if this had been like a three-hour epic, you could have developed all those characters more. But I think you get enough of a sense of the people to tide you over this. Like I say, it's kind of unfortunate Margot Kidder, for various reasons, is underserved mm. in the later films as well. She probably gets more to do in two. Two's her yeah. big film. Yeah. And then completely sidelined in three, back mm. a little bit again in four. But yeah, I mean, sort of, we've largely covered... Most I've got so many notes of stuff. I mean, the iconic shirt rip we didn't talk about that bit. Every oh. time I see it, it's like, oh, I know. Yeah, like I say, I'm doing the spin around and say, Jim, that's a bad outfit. Yeah, when Lois is going in the helicopter to meet the president, she changes. Is she meant to look like an air stewardess? Because she looks like she's in Heidi High, which is a reference that Americans probably won't get, and people in this country over a certain age won't get. But she, every time I see it, it's like Heidi High. Yeah, it, it's weird, isn't it? It's like there's a few, there's a couple of bits in that um, costume wise that, that are a bit confusing. So there's there's that scene, which is, a, yeah, she does look a bit like she's. Because I don't think they're going for like a classic Phyllis Coates, yeah, Neil style Lois Lane look. Yeah. Or whether it, she's it, going undercover as a stewardess, I kind of could be. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a weird one. Um, but I've, I've never really thought about it. I just always think, mm, you know. Yeah. It's just a, a little micro detail again. I've also as well mentioned Noah Neal, Kirk Allen and Noah Neal are in it as the parents on the train of the little girl. Yeah. Which obviously in the extended cut, they get a little bit more to do where you find out she's Lois Lane, which like I said, I don't like. No, I um, need it. Like I said, I just don't buy that that Lois Lane is so much younger than... No, I, I, think, I think you're right. I think that the fact that within the film context, you would think Lois is a little bit older. Yeah. 
I mean, the other thing, just talk about costumes as well, that always makes me giggle, is when he pulls her out the, um, you know, when she's, she's been crushed to death in the vault. <laughs> and he pulls a nice white suit. Full of, she's absolutely like covered, yeah. you know, in dust and dirt and that. And then with with it cuts away and cuts back again, and she she's been to the dry cleaners. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, really, yeah, it's very, very odd, very odd. But uh, it, I do think that y- it, you can forgive those little blips as well. Yeah, you know, like I say, you... if, if you're willing to forgive the "Can you read my mind?" and Superman turning back time thing, which inherently are ridiculous, but this film has just got so much goodwill towards it. Oh, it's just wonderful. I mean, it's a wonderful example of what you can do if you're brave enough to develop a story and characters yeah. properly. Give them room to breathe. Photograph it in a way that's not just, like, exciting and interesting, but, but like, beautifully composed. You know, I, I still maintain, if anybody watching this hasn't seen Superman for a while, that, that middle sequence where he's in Smallville, just just really stop and look at the, the, the scenery. Yeah. And then Google Andrew Wyeth. And he's, he's honestly, you'd be amazed. It's 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 lovely. And there's always a sense... and spaced out small buildings oh, as well. Yeah. The fact that there only appears to be Clark, Martha, and two other people at Jonathan's funeral as well. Yeah. And and that was the reality of life in those kinds of areas you know that's it's these remote communities where you know you the next house would be like a mile or so yeah. away you know and um it gives you that sense of isolation which is where you could have somebody like you know a young clark kent growing up yeah because you could protect him a little bit um and you know they talk about you know we were always worried if they found out about you they'd take you away because you were different and and it's got all of that that reasoning as to why they 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 keep you know they keep him there and stuff but then it serves as we said before that that great juxtaposition between when he ends up in metropolis and it's you know 70s new york and it's completely the opposite you know but it's just a i don't know there's just so many things about the film that are, are just beautifully done beautifully yeah. acted beautifully written it's little things you know look for the little things it's the little comedic gestures it's the little bumbling bits it's the little lines it's the little looks it's the pauses it's there's so many great things in it it's the chemistry between everybody like i said oh, yeah yeah, and I don't think there's anybody in there that you go, oh god, you know. And I, I know you, you know, you, you write about the the kind of um, Lois Lane kind of inner monologue bit, which is a bit a bit weird, and it does make you, you know, sort of think. Hmm. And you could argue that maybe some of the flight scenes going a bit too long, you know, uh, and all that. But yeah, because they seem to fly around the Statue of Liberty for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, I don't, see, I don't do spinning, so I'd be no good. <laughs> I'd be like, can you just stop a minute? I think I'm going to yop. But um, it it just, I mean, it, it's it's a long film, but it doesn't feel like a long film, which is always the sign of a great film. Yeah, that's know. what I mean. Pacingly, it moves perfectly. At no point yeah. are you like, get on with it. It knows yeah, you don't, when you don't it's about to stay, it's welcome. Yeah, but no, if if anybody listening watches it, just, just look for the little things. That's it, yeah, just watch it. Brilliant. Actually properly watch it. Because it's a great film to just have on in the background as well, where you're doing something else. 
mm. just because you've got that familiarity with it. But to actually just sit and watch it properly, watch it. Yeah, I mean, you've got that perfect John Williams score, like we said. Yeah, well, Williams is just a, he's a, he's, I mean, I, I don't believe in gods and stuff, but he's a, if there was a, a godlike entities, John Williams is one of them. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's just, he's just everything he's done is just beautiful. And, and like I say, the, you know, his music reduces me to tears. Yeah. Especially when it's played live by a good orchestra. I mean, it just it absolutely just, you know, just takes you to a different place. Yeah. Um, and that Superman score, you know, it's just it's, it's great. Even the, like the weird electronic synthy bits for Krypton. Yeah. And um when Zod's on screen and that sort of thing. Oh, it's just it's brilliant. Just, I mean, you think how like you know hot people were on this. You've got Mario Puzo writing, yeah. Richard Donner's just come off the omen. You've got Gene Hackman, Marlon Brando, John Williams has just come off of Star Wars. Mm. I mean, or Jaws and Star Wars, that yeah. double whammy. Yeah. It's superb. I mean, and just like the little faces that pop in Biff from Cheers pops up in this as well. Yeah, it I, does, I, yeah. I love that Lex causes land Costa del Lex as well. Yeah. Before he finds out there's an Otis Bergen. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just genius. The whole thing is just like I say, it'll never be repeated because we're in a different time now where you couldn't make a film like that. People don't want an earnest Superman like that. Even though no. Marvel's Captain America films and even the first Wonder Woman movie showed that you can have that earnest sort mm. of character and that sort of thing, and it will work in a modern context. Um Christopher Reeve is incredibly earnest in this. Mm. To the point where he is corny, but it never feels like, you know, the something wrong with the lift or, yeah, something wrong with the lift, uh, bad vibrations, all those yeah. little bits that, you know, they're bad corny puns. It's like the whole thing where he says swell. He's like, always felt kind of natural to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clark. And, it, and it, it's just, um, I, I can say, I think he's just, he's just brilliant in it. Yeah. He's, he is. He's, he's you know, uh, like I say, him and Keaton, you know, just I I think someone would have to really go some to ever match them. Yeah. And it, it's funny because, you know, just talking on sidebar, but it's incredible, isn't it, that, you know, the Flash movie that's coming out with Keaton in it. Well, what have you seen? All you see is it, it's sold the on buzz Keaton. around Keaton, you know, and it's like, you know, obviously there's different reasons why, but. It's just everyone is just so excited to see Keaton. It's the only reason anybody's going to watch it. There's nothing about this film that anybody's going to go to because it's got Flash in it, no. or it's a Flash story. No. People are going to see Keaton. Yeah. I mean, and the only way you could have like really nailed it on is if Burton was back as well. Yeah. That's my only thing with this. It's like, it's going to be awesome to see Keaton again, but it's not Keaton Burton. That would have been perfection I know. for me. And hope, hope springs eternal, doesn't it? Yeah. You might get that. I mean, you, could you just imagine Burton doing a take on something like Dark Knight Returns with Keaton? Yeah, or even like oh doing my. a live action Batman just, Beyond. Even just Burton the thought style of, of yeah, of, well, yeah, that'd future. be perfect, wouldn't it? You know, wouldn't? But just the thought of those things, and it's such a shame. Obviously, it was a tragic loss of of Christopher Reeve at such an early age, and yeah. what happened and stuff. The accident was tragic, but you look at the good he did from it. Oh yeah, how he turned that around. I mean, yeah. the dude was Superman. Yeah, he was, yeah. And, you know, not only not only in his, his real life, but, you know, he, he he still, I think to this day, you know, gives hope to yeah. people. That's it. And he was a man at the end of the day, not to put him on like a massively no. high pedestal where he can't be touched because he was a man and he was flawed. Yeah. 
But I don't, if I'd suffered a debilitating injury like that, being somebody who was that fit, who had that kind of lifestyle, to then go to being paralyzed from the neck down Mm. and to still be optimistic about it, to still have hope. That's that's Superman. When you look at the way some actors that have been Superman have gone on since. Mm. And then the, the real kicker with, with Christopher Reeves is that he, he died from a bed sore. Yeah. An infected bed sore. And you just think, you know, it's just such a sad end to what, what could have been. But, you know, like I say, you know, the, he, was, he just seemed like a thoroughly nice person. Yeah. But I remember the day... Tragic. I remember the day he died. I remember waking up and putting on the telly and it was morning news. Mm. I didn't get out of bed. No. It's one of the celebrity deaths. Yeah. I, I things, but there's a few that really kick uh, nuts. And that same with me. There's a, there's a few that I've experienced that affected me. I'm not a big, you know, I don't believe in, you know, people who like go gnashing and wailing about people who've never met and stuff. Yeah. But I miss people. You know, I, I miss the creativity of some people. And I, you know, there are some people that every time I see them trending, I think, oh, no, please. You know, every time I see John Walters, I'm like, no, please, no. You know, and, and things like that. Um, you know, David Lynch, true, genuinely true creatives who have changed the nature and changed the, the world and the medium which they work in, I genuinely miss. You know, and Prince was one, and yeah. Frank Zappa was another one, and and you know things like that. People who I really genuinely do miss, but he was one of those people. You know, you you just think it's such a sad, sad thing. But yeah, I mean, we we should again. We've talked about this before. You know, we've just got to be grateful for two things: one that he did it in the first place, and that we were actually fortunate enough to be able to see it you know fresh and have no other kind of interpretations to to compare it against yeah you know so i think that's the only possible reason why somebody would look at superman the movie now and superman 2 and possibly 3 and 4 and not enjoy them is because the, the if you're a younger person seeing it for the first time you might be thinking well, that's not what I'm used to. I'm used to all, you know, where's all the violence and the, the why is it not all really dark, somber tones? And why, you know, why is it not dead loud? And and that's because what, what they're used to, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's that's unfortunate. Whereas we came from a slightly different perspective. It was brand new, Yeah, you know? And that's probably why I love it so much because it still gives me that feeling of seeing it for the first time and being well, that's it, I mean, this was the first major comic book I know you'd had comic book movies before mm. whether it was like Barbarella or things like that and obviously you'd had the Batman 66 movie but that was very much a movie of the TV series yeah. that wasn't a Batman movie kind of thing whereas this was the first proper yeah. major comic book character up on the big screen Yeah, and it's and like like you say it's the template for everything that's come after yeah, and you look at the comparators at the time, you know, you look at the Hulk TV show, never been bettered. Yeah. You know, I've never seen a better interpretation of the of the Banner-Hulk relationship and, and stuff. You know, I noticed Nicholas Hammond was 78 um, the other yeah. day. You know, again, that Spider-Man TV show, as corny and as low budget as it was, 
at the time. Believe me, growing up at that age and watching it on a Saturday, you would, I was transfixed. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. You know, these people that I'd seen in comics were suddenly appearing in the flesh. And it was just like, it was, it was unbelievable, you know. And it, I mean, even in the 90s, we were, it was still sparse what comic book stuff we got. It seems mm. like we got a lot, but in the grand scheme, where you look at it now, where it's like every couple of months you've got another new comic book movie for better yeah. or worse. Um, and, you know, that's, for that generation, and they mostly seem to be loving it. Um, Good luck, some, yeah. And you know, I generally am hopeful that we get any other Superman that makes me feel the way this Superman movie makes me feel, or even half of what this Superman movie makes me feel. That'd be amazing. But yeah, I just think this was a perfect storm. It boggles my mind that they fired Richard Donner because yeah, he pulled know. all that together, and it backfired on him because obviously Gene Hackman wouldn't shoot anything new for Superman two yeah. other than what he'd already shot. So many things that really disjointed yeah. Superman it's two. It's a shame because that you know I, I think. I mean, we're lucky we got to see an approximation of what the Donner cut would have been. Yeah, and again, I've never seen the, the Donner cut of that, so I don't know how different... But again, I love Superman too, as it is. You know, I think Richard Lester's version was... I really yeah. enjoyed it for different reasons. I, I yeah. enjoyed it because it was a... That was probably more of a true comic book film than Superman, um, yeah. in so much as it's more action-led and... Well, he had you know, somebody that, that, of equal power to fight, didn't he? It's... Yeah, that whole idea of Superman, supervillains is just so appealing. Yeah. You know, and as I say, the, the, the bit about it being a continuation from something that happened in the first one is the, this is the consequence of that. Blew my mind as a kid. I was just like, this is incredible, you know. And I love Superman 3, you know, it's, 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 it's a bit ropey. I, there's elements of that I love. You know, I mean, I love Richard Pryor, and I think he's great in it, even though he doesn't actually remember doing any of it. Um, you know, and it, it's just things like that. You know, it's just, we were very lucky to have had what we had, I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you've, again, like we've said this probably, if you've never seen Superman, or you've not seen it for years, like I've not seen it for a very long time, well, no, like um, I say, I tend to go like sometimes five to ten years without yeah. watching it, and then it's just such a like I say, Treat seeing yourself. it at the cinema I was like yeah. seeing it for the first time. All over oh, again. I could imagine, yeah, I could imagine. It's like you know, I mean, again, and I was lucky enough, I'm a little bit older, I know it's hard to believe, listeners. Um, but you know, I, I, I think I'm so lucky to have seen the things I saw in the cinema when they came out, you know, all, all the, the kind of the classics as it were you know yeah. all the indiana jones films you know with the exception of star wars all the star wars films and you know the batmans the supermans and all that stuff and it's just and again because going to the cinema was a different we've talked about, about this. Say, that was, was a different such a experience, different experience as, well. as well you know um and you know some of my fondest memories are about going to the cinema and, and seeing films and you know i've talked about rocky four and the incredible atmosphere and things like that you know and the, and the films themselves might not be absolute classics but the whole experience of it was just never bettered and i remember people absolutely losing their minds when superman flew they, they lost their minds you know and it was one of those films again where people stood up and applauded at the end and they did it in ghostbusters and they did it in all these great films where people would stand up in the cinema and applaud it's, it's mad you know and the last time I saw that was um, actually, believe it or not, the end of Force Awakens when when I went to a midnight screening of that and it was, you know, people were just applauding because I think 
the nostalgia factor of that more than anything was just yeah i had an amazing experience back in 99 both queuing for tickets to get uh, tickets for the phantom menace about a month before it was supposed to come out that queuing up at midnight for those because you couldn't go online and get them you had to actually go down there in person Mm. couldn't rely on the phone in case you couldn't get through so you had to be there in person at the kiosk that was amazing in that queue and then seeing the phantom menace as well that was an amazing experience yeah um, I mean, this film got a great ending as well. The smile and the flyby, yeah, it's just perfection. It's such yeah. a great image to leave the film on as well. Yeah, and it's so great that everybody steals it. Yeah, to the, to the best of their ability. There's sort of anything else you want to add on? No, the I, film just, before I, we I just, I just think it's, it, it. I just think it's it's great. And again, I just caveat all we've said about how how much fun it is, and how wonderful it is that there are some bits in it that are a bit. Bit iffy, you know, some of the effects, some of the, you know, they've 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 not all aged. Um, no, I think brilliantly, but again, the, that adds to the beauty of it. I think you know, there's a bit when you notice a change with the models where it changes from. I'm assuming it's changed from Derek Meddins to Brian Smithies, which is when the dam breaks. It looks mm. really good, and then there's one bit where it looks like a Hornby set that somebody just glued together quickly to finish it yeah. off. Because I know that um, Derek Meddins. He's an amazing, amazing special effects guy, model maker. Um, sadly died in 95 before he got to see the completed mm. Goldeneye, which was the last one we worked on. Um, but yeah, I know he was up against it. So I think that's why they brought him Brian Smithies to finish it. And it really does stick out. I mean, there's kind of a charm to it at the same time of, you know, it looks like a train set. With I love physical effects. It. Like that. I, but I get our, again, I'll take that over a shitty animated yeah. CG kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, it's a true art form, and it's like Ray Harryhausen stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, you look at that now, and you just think it's just so much better than a CGI, you know, kind of approximation of the same thing. You I know, said, and I'll take the rear projection it. Superman flying. Christopher Reeve looks so graceful flying that I can't. I believe it. Do you know the thing I love about that? And because it's when you watch it, he's a little unsteady. Yeah, you know, he's he's adjusting the arms because he's a bit, and and it's so natural that. He isn't just rigid, you know. He's, yeah. he's, he's, you can see him almost finding his balance, and it's little things like that. You think that adds to the whole realism of him actually flying, and I, I just love it. It's a little, little tiny thing which you know he, he's going to do. He's, he's on wires, isn't he? But it's just this little, little tiny movements he gives when he's trying to correct himself, and I just, I just, it's those kinds of things that make it so much more believable. Yeah, than what you would get today. You know, he talks about working with the wires on the making of documentary that came out. It's on everything since the blue on the DVDs is on the Blu-ray right. as well. And there was a nice little behind-the-scenes thing recently. Of, it's when he's in Luther's lair. It's Richard Donner talking to him and being like, "Don't forget, you got the wires here and the wires here, and don't get them crossed, otherwise you'll get electrocuted." <laughs> and well, just I'm... Richard Donner played. It's just Richard Donner played around with him. It's like they're not electric wires at all. But it's kind of you know, just don't cross them because you know. Yeah. You don't want to blow yourself up. <laughs> don't cross the streams, Ray. And yeah, just Richard Donner seemed to have a really nice natural something. And again, Richard Donner's a man who's incredibly proud of that. Yeah. Film. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, he wanted to make it believable. Yeah. Not you know grounded in reality. Always the thing that really puts me on edge is when people are like we're going to make a Superman film that's grounded in reality. It's like no, absolutely not. No. Well, why he, would you? He'd just be a delusional guy who throws himself off a building. Yeah. Well, cheers for doing this. And obviously, thanks to Den as well. I know he had to leave. 
yeah partway through um but yeah no i really appreciate it yeah is there anything you want to plug any art 92 stuff going on I'm trying to think so obviously i'll put all the links in i'll put the links to omen to that in as well yeah so, so it's there ready the for moment, people when it starts back up we're probably going to be at a couple of cons coming up this year that we know of so far so we'll be at hull comic con in july can't remember the date it might be the 16th or something yeah it'll be at wigan comic con at the end of september as well so look forward to that awesome. not sure about any others yet um kind of cut back on cons a little bit because firstly we don't seem to have much joy getting in but you know so we've got, got a couple of those coming up so that'll be fun so if you are going to either of those then drop by and say hello working on a couple of projects at the moment been it been doing some some um other stuff um artistically kind of slowed down a little bit but you know still still plodding away got got the uh kind of part way through gga3 which is very different to the first two galaxy grappling issues um just to fancy doing something a bit different so hopefully i'm, I'm hoping to get that out probably in a couple of months so that'll be around about july time um h is working away through clear run two um which is obviously the the, the story she did about adopting marty the yeah. super hound um but again we're not rushing anything there's no there's no deadlines no rushes anything like that we're both going to be in dui issue three which is the charity anthology um which I'm trying to think. I think all the money might be going to Mind this year. I think I can't remember. Yeah, that rings as well. Um, I've teamed up with Martin Feekins again. The, the brilliant awesome. Martin Feekins. He's a lovely guy and fantastic writer. And it's a very. It's only a two pager, but it it hits you in the feels, as the kids would say. I read it and I was actually quite quite um, affected with it. I thought it was a it was a lovely little kind of story really so i was really pleased to do that um just about to have a piece uh, i contributed for a kickstarter campaign for scratch comics which was headwreck broken pieces which is kind of like a, a british kind of folk horror kind of um story and there's other artists in there um such as um steve austin and the cover by the brilliant shane oakley one of my one of my artistic kind of Heroes, I think he's brilliant. Um, Adam Jakes and a couple of other artists in there as well. So that's been exciting to do. So yeah, there's stuff going on. Yeah. Um, but again, just art92.com yeah. or art92 on the dreaded socials. Yeah. And, and you can find out what we're up to there, really. That's awesome. I mean, I'll put all the links in the show notes and everything anyway. And an awesome. omen to that might return at some point. I hope so. I've got, I've got the bug to start recording a few more episodes. I don't think anybody's missed it. So I've missed I don't it. think coming back will be too exciting but just if you if you did enjoy it then keep your ear buds open because um, awesome. that might be dropping quite soon that's cool and i'll put a link to the superman episodes we did so anybody who hasn't listened to those can listen to those and get a taste of romance to that as well excellent thank you very much sir listen there's something i have to do i'll see you later can't stay still for a second ah <sighs> golly miss lane it's too bad Mr. Kent wasn't here to see all this. Yeah, poor Clark. He's never around when... Clark, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Lois Lane, that is the silliest idea you've had. Let me tell you something, Miss Lane. I think he really cares about you. 
Clark, of course it is. Oh, not Clark. Oh, well. Superman cares about everybody, Jimmy. But, uh, who knows, someday, you know, if he's lucky. is safe again, Superman, thanks to you. No, sir. Don't thank me, Warden. We're all part of the same team. Night. That was Superman the Movie. And why not? I'd like to thank Damien and Dennis for joining me on this episode to talk about the film. At the time of recording, Superman the Movie is available in the UK on DVD, Blu-ray and 4K Ultra HD from Warner Brothers, either individually or as part of a Superman collection box set. It's also available to rent or buy digitally from Prime Video and YouTube. We put a shout out on the socials for your thoughts on and memories of seeing the film and we had a few replies. At DC Movies TV on Twitter said, Great memories of Superman the Movie. Seeing it in a drive-in cinema here in Sydney, Australia. One of the first films I've seen. First film memories. I was quite young. Mostly remember Baby Kal-El zooming out in space in, the, in his pod. Also Lois being buried alive. Disturbing for a kid. Andrew Corns, co-host of The Revisionist Almanac, on our threads page, we have a threads page now, said, Love it. This was the first superhero movie I remember watching as a kid. Christopher Reeve is iconic as the Man of Steel. There's a wholesome charm to this movie that I think holds up still, which is why it has consistently remained in my top 20 superhero movies to this day. John Ottaway on Instagram said, Absolutely loved it, and yes, I did jump off the bed in an attempt to fly just in case. The effects were fantastic, lying on a train track, spinning to drill into the ground, spinning the world backwards, you really got to see the power of Superman. Adding the confusing feelings I had as an eight-year-old about Miss Tessmacher and the quite horrific death of Lois Lane, even at that age, I also liked that Lois was brave and got into trouble. I'd already seen Princess Leia too. And that score, it boomed out of my head, even reading the comics. Never Seen Podcast co-host Jenny on Instagram said, Love it and always will. It was my first Superman movie, which led me to the Supergirl movie, and I love that too. Reeve was a superb Clark Superman. His body language between the two was superb, especially in that one very famous scene. Love it. If you'd like to let us know your thoughts on the film, you can get involved in the conversation wherever you see this episode posted on our social media channels. So if you aren't already, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram, and like I said, we're on threads now as well, so you can follow us on there. Or why not join the And Why Not group over on Facebook? Not only will we be kept up to date of what episodes are coming up and have the chance to contribute to them, but we also post our picks of three great movies to check out each week on Freeview TV. If you fancy joining us, just search And Why Not Pod on social media or check out the links in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode and be bothered to do so, please give the episode a share and tell your friends about it. And why not give the series a follow or subscribe over on Acast or wherever you listen to the episodes? If you're feeling super generous, we'd be grateful of a rating or a review if you have a second or two to spare. Or don't, which is grateful that you spent the time listening to us, thank you. And if you enjoy podcasts talking about Superman, I've put some links in the bonus feature section of the episode page on the Haunted Nerds website for you to check out, as well as a link to the Superman homepage. So if you're looking for more Superman goodness in your life, there's a good place to start right there. If you've missed any Am Why Not episodes so far, you can find them on our podcast channel over on Acast, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, or on our website at hauntednerds.com. In the meantime, we're back on Tuesday the 18th of July, where I'll be joined by From Crisis to Crisis co-host Michael Bailey as we discuss 1980s Superman 
too. But until then, this has been a Nerds Who Haunted Themselves production, and I've been Stuart Moraine. Thanks for listening, and remember, there's two T's in bloodletting. Bye for now.